Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Okay, everyone, thank you for, for coming this evening. We are going to continue on with the teaching about Jesus. Um, and at the moment, it's just the black Hades screen. Ash, sorry, where's the title, man? Oh, um, it's a <laughs> okay. So, so I'm the fate of my destiny is in my hands. Okay, identity and new creation. It's the grace of our Jesus session three. I think it is. So we're looking at our identity, and and a title called new creation reality. I'm not going to go into too much. Ah, oh, there we go. Excellent. So. I um, this was quite an interesting one for me because it took me a while to actually get it, and I'm, my prayer is that you get it tonight. So that is, and you'll get the get it. You'll get the get it. So bad news. Okay, so there's this guy. He's hunting. He's fallen asleep, and the buck comes and eats his lunch. <laughs> okay, and so I'm going to ask you a question. What is the worst news you've ever had? Okay, please. Maybe you don't have to shout out and share. But think about some really bad news. Okay. Okay. Hold that thought. Okay. So, what if I told you that whatever bad news you thought of, the worst possible news was when Adam rebelled and they took a chunk of the apple. Because... What happened with Adam and Eve is that at that moment of sin or of disobedience, they put a curse upon mankind which you have lived in forever. And you inherited a sinful nature. And um, that sinful nature has actually been some really bad news through the generations because it passed on from generation to generation all the way through. So if you want bad news, forget about the buck and the lunch. That is bad news. However, we're talking about some really good news. And that's why you have this good news of the Bible and the good news of the kingdom. It's, uh, it's centered around Christ on the cross as the last Adam. And so we are going to compare first Adam and, and Jesus as last Adam. And I hope you can read this. But we are going to focus on Romans 5, parts of Romans 6. And 1 Corinthians 15. And they talk about first and last Adam. And then we're going to have a little bit of fun just now. So, I'm going to read it quickly. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world because the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account. Um, okay. Nevertheless, death reigned. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command. So what it's saying there is that even though we didn't have the Ten Commandments yet, sin was still reigning through what Adam had done with his disobedience. So it's saying you don't even need a law. But theoretically, yes, you break the law is committing a sin. But we had a sinful nature before the law was even about. And um, even those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. 
For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace um, and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, the result of one man's sin, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Sorry? Did I miss a sentence? 16. I've got to find it. Nor can the gift of God be compared uh, with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Sorry, it's actually a small print there. My eyes are battling. <laughs> okay, so it's quite long, and we're going to go into this in a little bit more detail. So I'm not going to, but I think it's important that we have a scriptural foundation in this. So this is Bible teaching. We are going to be doing the teaching. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And consequently, just as one trespass results in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increases, grace increases all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's quite a lot. And we're going to just unpack that a bit. And I know I've hammered you with some scripture. But I didn't really want to cut this short because we're going to be covering this in a little bit more detail. And I'm actually, got to, this is the last of the heavy scriptures, but I think it's important. 1 Corinthians 15. It also follows on, it's the same theme of Adam and Jesus being compared. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Okay, and then I jumped a bit. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. And as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are also those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so we shall bear the imagery of the heavenly man. Okay, so that, that is the bulk of the scriptures that we are going to be focusing on today. So, this is, it took me a while to get this, because there's a lot of stuff here. But there is some incredibly powerful news here, like incredibly powerful news. And I really am going to make sure that you're not leaving here today until you've got it. Okay. And there's a lot of Adam and a lot of Jesus, and it gets lost. Okay, I need some volunteers. I've got a couple there. Terry and Henry. Come through here. Okay. So, so here we have Adam. Over here. Henry, come this side, please. Yeah. Okay, now come onto the stage. Let's get you up there. Sorry. We're going to make a spectacle of you before. Not Pharisees, don't worry. Terry, up as well. Okay. Next. Uh, can you hit the slide for me? Okay, so what we're going to do here is we're just going to compare some things here quickly. But I'm going to use hats. 
Okay. So, what do we do? Okay. You can pop that on. No lights. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So the first man. The first man, Adam, he, he is wearing a hat. And the first thing that he did is he made a mistake. Let me get this list over here. So he fell to Satan's lies. He was tempted and he failed. And that, that the lies were around God's identity, ironically, and who God was in relation to him. So he tests Adam. He says, you know, Satan comes. Did God really say that? You know? And it's the issue of identity who you are in relationship to God. And Satan does exactly the same with Jesus. He comes to Jesus and says, you know, if you are the son of man, then. You know, and it's a test around identity. And Adam and Jesus, you know, he resists the temptation around his and God's identity. So God was tackling his identity. You know, if you are the son of man, you can do this, and, and so forth. And Adam failed. So Adam, okay, so the first hat was this issue of, of, of resisting temptation and bringing a curse around. Okay. The second issue here, let's have a look here. Okay, so Adam... Okay, Adam was given life. Okay, so Adam was given life by God, and he was made a living soul by the breath of God. Okay, so that's Adam over here, and that's 1 Corinthians 15.45. Jesus was a quickening spirit, and Christ gave life. So you have one receiving life and one giving life. Okay, so, so, so there's just that, and that is... Uh, um, 1 Corinthians 15.45 speaks about that aspect of Jesus and Adam. Okay. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> okay. The next one is just this issue of the natural. Sorry, sweetie. I didn't check first. Okay, so we have Adam. Adam, it speaks about being born of the earth. 1 Corinthians 15.47. God made him from dust. Whereas as we are on the natural one, whereas as Jesus was descended from, he was from heaven, he was spiritual. So you have a natural man versus a spiritual man. Now that's important to understand because when I'm talking about these comparisons, they talk about our old self and our new self as well. So these things have a lot of relevance to who we are as a new creation in Christ. And that's where I'm going. So pay attention to what these things are that I'm talking about. Okay. So then we've got... <laughs> okay, this is my pride and joy, just... <laughs> okay. 1 Corinthians 15.49 says, Men reflect Adam. Good works can't change our nature. So we have absorbed the sinful nature and we reflect the, 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 the sinful nature of Adam in this. Thanks, Terry. Then what we do is we have 
that Christ, he reflects bad works can't change our nature through Christ. So what it means is that the nature has actually changed. And that's not who we, you know, the sinful nature is replaced with a godly nature. Um, saved men and can and shall reflect Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 49. So um, it's this whole being able to reflect the identity of, of first Adam versus last Adam. Okay, what do we watch here? Dead in Adam, we inherit a sinful nature. So Adam brought in death. So what actually happens with him came death. And we, you know, when we read that scripture before that, it talked about the whole, you know, we inherited death through Adam. And you know, before then, Adam and, and God were, were joined, and then there was this, the separation that took place. And the, the separation led and created spiritual death. Whereas Christ is life and brings life. So we can be alive in Christ, and that is imputed. So because of what Christ does, it gets credited through to us. It's imputed to us as life through Christ versus death in Adam. I'm running out of hats. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we'll, just, we'll just recycle some more, yeah. Just grab some more. Here's another one. Um, Okay. Adam is a representative man, Romans 5, and he acted on behalf of the whole human race. Now, this is a major point, is that you are, before you are born again, you are in essence a victim of what Adam did. He actually, by his one sin of disobedience, there resulted in you, him being, placing this, let's call sin and separation, onto you. And therefore, you know, you inherited what he did. He was a representative man. He acted on behalf of the whole human race. Thanks, Adam. But we understand. Okay. Christ is, was a representative man. You know, he became flesh for us. And he acted on behalf of the whole human race again. This time to redeem. So, so we had one representative in Adam setting us on a certain course. We had another representative in Christ turning the whole course of history around. It's a fundamental issue here. So, so he acts on behalf of the entire human race. That's why Christ had to be man. To be able to, to, to turn the tide or turn, turn this direction around. Okay. How's our time going? That'll be fine. Okay. We're going to stop the hats for now. Um, okay. Let's talk about Adam again. Adam performed one act. One act. Well... Adam performed one act which had tremendous consequences. We sin because we are sinners. We aren't sinners because we sin. Okay. So there's an issue around human nature there. Let's call it versus spiritual nature or earthly nature. And Christ performed one act which had even greater consequences. And, And Romans talks about the one act. We do right because we are righteous. We are not righteous because we do right. So there's something that has taken place. There's a change. The, the full nature of man through Christ has actually changed. We are now righteous by nature. And I'll illustrate that in graphically just now. Okay, next one. Adam's act was a sinful act, Romans 5, 12, 15, 16, 17. And Christ's act was a righteous one. So, um, and we talked about the righteousness in, in last week's um, 
session by Jeff, which was excellent. I'm not going to go into the righteousness of Christ. And Christ, uh, act, Adam's act was an act of disobedience. He ate the forbidden fruit, Genesis 2.17. And Christ's act was an act of obedience. His obedience was actually dying on the cross. You know, he came and, you know, when he, he was sitting, in, well, kneeling in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, about this, he had a choices that he could make. You know, he was like, God, take this. It wasn't, it wasn't referring to, let me not go down that road. But he, it was obedience, love that kept him on the cross. He could have come off any time he wanted to. And then there is the fruits of these acts. So that one act of Adam resulted in death, judgment, and condemnation for man. Whereas Christ's one act produced life, grace, justiceness, justification, sorry, righteousness, and reigning. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> Enter into the hats. Just to, to separate between the two, that the fact that we actually put on a mantle. So even though Terry is not Adam, he inherits this hat that he has to wear. And even though Henry is not Jesus, he puts on this righteousness through Christ. So the hat was just representative of an external inheritance that gets imparted or imbued onto you. Okay, so that's the significance of the hats. Good question. Okay, so there you are in Adam. You are a worm. No, you're not a worm. You're actually a beautiful butterfly now through Christ. Okay, the reality is that it's the same kind of creature, just in a different form. Now, let me just jump my head across. Okay, here's a muddy butterfly. Okay, it's a butterfly in the mud. Is it a butterfly or is it a worm? It can't change its nature. So if you're born again as a Christian and you mess around in sin, does that make you less righteous? Does it change your nature? Do your wings fall off? And the answer is no. You are a butterfly. You are born again. Your whole nature has changed. And I want to talk about this. I'm going to go back. So I've actually just done exactly what I shouldn't have done. I jumped ahead. Okay. So what shall we say then? So, sorry, I'm actually hitting you with more scripture. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Okay. The reality is we do sin. But we are now dead to sin. Um, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body that was ruled by sin might be done away with. With that we shall no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Amen. Amen. Guys, this is the good news. Okay. Something happened on the cross. And something more happened when you became born again. When you accepted Jesus into your life. A transaction took place. 
an incredible transaction. You died. You died at the point of conversion. Your sinful nature, something had to die and you went. And God took it and he died on the cross with it. He says, you died to sin. You were crucified with Christ. But you were born again. And we don't understand what this term born again means. It means literally you are born again. There's a new creation. that You crawled out of that pupa as a butterfly. And I had to understand this issue of death and, and, and being born again. Because we confess with our lips and believe in our heart and our body is still here. <laughs> Nothing seems to have changed. It doesn't seem to be real, if you, if you know what I mean. But the reality is, in the spiritual realm, a transaction has taken place. A miracle has taken place. A miracle of creation. And we talked about Christ as the creator. What he has done is he has created you into a new being through what he did. It's really an awesome revelation, and that's the one that I'm trying to impart for you today. Um, So I'm actually almost... Okay. This new creation reality, this is what we're talking about. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Christ is the Creator. He creates new life in you. So if we look at Christ, Christ Jesus is where all creation stems from. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in all things he may have preeminence. For God was pleased to have him and all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Okay, this is the crunch verse. Once you were alienated from God and were hostile in your minds because of your evil deeds, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his presence is indeed, if indeed you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope of the gospel you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So Christ presents you spotless and unblemished. That lamb that we talked about in last week's session, you are now like that lamb, spotless, unblemished. Um, I'm going to ask a question here. So, so, the question is the following statement about believers. And, okay, is the following statement about believers true? Okay, so what I would like you to do is, there are a couple of things we're going to do as a little bit of an exercise. Um, okay, the one is I would like you to, to break up into groups. And also, what I've got here is I've got a special piece of paper for you. I want you to have a look at it. So, this is a death certificate. It's a death certificate. I think we often struggle to reconcile the fact that we are dead in our old life and that we've become this butterfly that we imagine. So, what I did is I, I put together a death and birth certificate. Okay. So, it's a death and birth, which means you're dead, but now you are born again. And you'll see that with your new birth certificate, comes all sorts of interesting things. I'd like you to maybe just populate it quickly. 
before we go into the question time. So you'll see that I went and got hold of my kids' birth certificates and had a look at what it looked like. And you'll see you have a father. Who's the father? Okay. Okay, but we don't have a mother. But we have got joint custody holders. <laughs> the age of the father. Well, he's eternal. His nationality, he is a spiritual being from heaven. We have a joint custody holder through Christ. All things were created through him and for him. So he is, in essence, one of your... Okay. Has anyone got... Okay. So... I've done this little exercise because we don't know that we've died. And we try and live with one foot in the, in, as who we were and sometimes one foot in the earth. And, 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 and Peter, Paul talks about the battle that he has between the fleshly self and the, and, and the, the new born-again spiritual self. And it can be a bit of a battle. And I'm hoping that this exercise will make you realize that, yes, and the date there is the date that you made a decision to follow Christ. That's the day you died. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was 20 years ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago. But that's the date when you died and became born again and became a new creation. And so that's when your new life started. Okay, so I'm going to leave that with you. You can fill it in in your own time. When you became born again? Where? Where it happened? Yeah. Time and place? No, you don't have to, the guys don't have to be exact, please. It's the principle. The principle is the same. There was a stage that has to take place. Okay. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to, I've got a couple of questions. I've got a couple of questions. Um... And I would like you to break into groups to answer those questions. Can you form groups of four or five, please? Let's get to the next question. I'm going to answer it just now. Ash, this thing is dis- it's disobedient, man. We've got, we've got, I've been rejected by the... Okay, well, too far. Question two. Why is this comparison between Adam and Jesus so important for identity? So you saw Adam and Jesus on stage. Thanks, guys. But why is it important? Okay, so just, just, and I haven't answered the first question yet. I'll get back to that. But let's tackle the second one. Why did Paul go, why did Paul devote two chapters of his letters to comparing Adam with Jesus? The question is, it's the why. What was the motivation behind it? Okay, I'm going to pick on some of the groups again to give us some of the groups that haven't spoken before. Um, well, the, the comparison is important to emphasize the difference between what was and what is. Uh, and to just keep emphasizing it because if we don't know the difference between the, the, the past identity and the present identity, then the outworking of that identity wouldn't change. There wouldn't be a difference between what it looks like on the outside because we didn't see the difference on the inside. Fantastic. 
Um, I think for me, before the grace message, I lived under a lot of condemnation because I never got it right. Still don't. But um, if I know who I am in Christ and can walk away and tell the devil to get lost, because I am a new creation in Christ and Christ sees me through, God sees me through the eyes of Jesus, then I don't have to walk around with all that condemnation and guilt. That's a good answer. Guys, so who else? There's, there's a little bit more to it. Here we go. This, you guys have been hiding in the back here. Do you want to give it a go? Well, well, it's because Jesus and Adam, they represent the human race. So the decision that Adam made affected the whole human race. Also, the decision that Jesus made also affected the human race. So they both representing the human race. But in the midst of that, Jesus' supremacy supersedes the act of Adam. Whenever you see yourself outside of Jesus Christ, you will always depend on what you do right and what you do wrong. But when you understand that Jesus, every obedience that is done was on your behalf, then you walk in total trust in what is done for you. And freedom, and freedom indeed. Freedom. This is about freedom, guys. Thank you. Identity is linked to freedom. That was okay. No, so you had your chance. Okay, I just, just want to say something about this. I actually forgot a slide. I was thinking about this, and you know, you guys see the yin and yang symbol of equal white and black. That is not a representation of what we're talking about as, you know, the black and white disappears. There is just white. That whole, so don't think of it as a balance. Now, Jesus is offsetting what Adam did. Jesus is completely wiping it and putting something new in place. So it's not a balancing or counteracting effect. It is a superseding in its entirety. It's a new form of a covenant. It is not light balancing darkness. No, no, guys. That's good new age stuff. It's not that. If we don't understand our identity in Christ, we don't understand our purpose in him, which means then we do not get our inheritance from him. And that, I believe, is maybe the difference between Christ and Adam. We actually have an inheritance from both. There was an inheritance we had from Adam, which was death. But now we have a new inheritance, which is life and freedom and everything that God promises. This inheritance thing is a lovely, great, great word. Anyone else would like to say something on this topic? So, okay, 
This uh, issue of identity, we're talking about a new, our identity and new creation reality. Let's, let's get to the grip of it. If you do not understand that you are a new creation, you will always see yourself as a failure. You will always see yourself as a failure working to try and make yourself better in the world because you will be using the Adam basis of your identity. And you will always fall. So you won't be able to exercise your authority in Christ and you are walking in shackles. You know, Christ says, I can't, what was the first sermon he preached? I've come to set the captives free. It's about your identity. You are held captive in old Adam in terms of your identity as a fallen sinner, striving to improve your lot in life, to win God's affection. That is an absolutely fatally flawed. He has come to set you free from that. We cannot exercise our authority in Christ because you will always feel unworthy, even after the blood of Christ has made you worthy. So you've been washed in the, in the blood of the Lamb, but you still see yourself as not worthy. Lord, you can't use me today because I snacked the kids and drank five beers. That is just going to take and you out of this thing. And I'm not going to preach, so I don't want to go into some examples of my own life. But I mean, God has used me. I mean, I saved someone from committing suicide when I was drunk because God told me to. You know, and I'm not going to go into that. But I didn't have this identity issue. God spoke to me. I was obedient. And I saved a life. If you are going to see yourself as unworthy and God cannot communicate to you because you're a sinner, you dis-enable God's ability to use you to transform the world around you. If you claim you are unworthy after the blood of Christ has made you worthy, then you are denying the work of Christ in your life. So what you're saying is you're just crucifying Christ over and over and over again. Lord, I've sinned again. Please go back on the cross and die. I need to be washed of this. It is radical, guys. And I'm, have you all got this? Because I'm not allowing you to leave here today unless you've got it. So if you haven't got it, you need to stay here. It's going to be a long night, and we're going to continue. No, I'm serious. Because for me, this is a fundamental and one of the most important aspects of our Christian walk. You are a new creation. You are born again. We don't understand. And that's why I gave you this death certificate. Because if you don't believe it, sign that thing. Today I died. But I was born again as a new creation. So if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. There are lots of powerful verses in the Bible, but how is that one? Eh? Thank you, Lord, for a gem. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Acts 17, 28. You are children of God. You are not sons of Adam. So, I am a little bit early, Steve. I think every day we, we rub shoulders with people at the workplace, in our family, um, who are still in first Adam. They don't know it, but they're dead in their spiritual blindness. And they think that somehow Christianity is about becoming a better person. And they think that if they do enough good things, they can change their identity. But now what we know is that identity is changed through death, burial, and resurrection. 
And in the same way, a sinner can't change his position by being good enough. A righteous person can't change his position because he makes a mistake or sins or falls. We couldn't good work ourselves out of spiritual death. So how do we bad work ourselves out of spiritual life? Now that's the essence of the good news we got for our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues. People who are still in first Adam, they don't even know they're lost and dead in spiritual death. Trying to be good enough, we got a message that's not about self-enhancement, self-modification, self-perfection. It's about identification to receive a new identity. So that's why this teaching is so important tonight. Thanks, Rich. Well done, man. Um, is that it puts it back on our, our radar again. And I'd really like for the next 10 minutes, stay in the groups we're in. Okay. So after Richard's answered his question, okay, the last five minutes, what I'd like us to do in the groups we're in is let's just pray that God would so give us an understanding of those in first Adam that we rub shoulders with, those we're trusting this year are going to come into a revelation of God. But that in the way we communicate the gospel to them, it'll always be about a change of identity and not good working themselves out of death. And to those who are Christians around us, the word of encouragement to them is that there's no sin that can separate them from God. And that's good news for a lot of Christians who live in condemnation and guilt.